Hey, everybody. Good evening. So happy that you are with us here on this Wednesday. Little Q&A, little NBA free agency pretty much in the books. We've got King Summer League now moving on to Vegas. And we have Ryan in Sacktown. What's up, Rhino? How are you, buddy? Doing great, Napes. How you doing tonight? Good to catch up with you. Uh, I uh, I I see you. You're there. So I know you survived the weekend with the clones <laughs> down in L.A., huh? Just barely, just by a pinch, Napes, but it made it back yeah. safe and sound. Good time, good time, huh? <laughs> Incredible time. Great catching up with everybody. Um, always great when we all get together. All right. Uh, so since you've been gone and you left right before the bulk of free agency, let's start with Sacramento. What did you think of the weekend that they had kicking off free agency? Well, I think you were right about Harrison Barnes and uh, knowing before the uh, trade or the uh, free agency period kicked off. Um, but looking at the macro view, Grant, y- you can't knock it. I mean, they're basically saying we have locked up our window for the next couple years. We know that because we've got most of our players signed for a couple of years and they're betting huge on Keegan Murray, huge mm-hmm. that he's going to take that next step. So I think what they did overall was really good, and it keeps them flexible if things don't work out. Uh, I'm with you. Now, did they fill their needs? Not yet, which I think was a uh, veteran backup point guard and a different big than Alex Len. But the season doesn't begin until October, so I'm not that concerned with that right now. Um but I'm with you. You know, as far as uh, Keegan Murray scoring 41 in Summer League, I'm sorry, C-Dog, big deal. So what? Yeah, He should score 41 in Summer League. He's not playing against NBA players. So I'm not impressed with that at all. I, I don't think – I already know he can play C-Dog. I, I didn't need to see Keegan Murray play two Summer League games for me to validate that the guy's a really good player. But the fact that he had 41, big deal. You know, it, he's, it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I'm sorry. It just means nothing to me. I don't think he should have been playing. Summer League is not for players like Keegan Murray. It's just not. And I guess they put him on there to sell tickets, Rhino. And but you know, again, I, I don't, I don't take anything from that at all. Um, I'll add, Grant. I agree with you mostly, but I will add the caveat is one of the pieces of the game that Keegan needed to work on was shot creating, having the ball in his hands. And I know he's not going against guys that are going to be suiting up on opening day, but it was good to see him get a little bit more of that look. And practice is practice, and that's what this is. All right, Cody wants to know if Sasha Vizankov plays like Nemanja Bialica. I haven't seen Sasha. Uh, play enough to be able to answer that question. I guess we'll we'll find out here uh, in the near future. But I think it's really good uh, that he's on the roster. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's great, especially at the rate that they got him at three years, twenty one million. Um, I as far as the comparison, I'm with you. I've only seen the highlights. He seems to be a little bit smaller, a little quicker, but time will tell as he matches up against NBA guys. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it just adds to the depth of the Kings, and now. They uh, start summer league in Vegas, and then we'll get in the training camp and see what the uh, roster uh, looks like. Anything else strike you? Obviously, Portland with Damian Lillard saying that, you know, he wants to be moved. Uh, Phoenix was very active. Anything else really strike you from uh, free agency? 
Yeah, um, I really liked what the Lakers did. I, I thought they were aggressive. They knew the guys they wanted. They're a team that's kind of running it back, but yet they go out, they get a Gabe Vincent. Um, you know, they do some upgrading at that position. So I, I think they're set up pretty nice. But again, I do have to reinforce with what the Kings have done. It, it kind of blows away what we all wanted and what we wanted at the trade deadline, wanting to make these moves. And it just shows Monty his targeting guys because all the guys that we could have got at the deadline they didn't get this time yep. at free agency or even made a run at. So there's a plan in place. All right. Somebody wants to know how I feel about Jeremy Grant's contract. Um, <laughs> it's good if you're Jeremy Grant. That's for sure. It's good if you're Jeremy Grant, you know? You get paid extra for uh, staying through a rebuild these days. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, good, good for Jeremy Grant, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, as far as where we're at right now in July. I, I mentioned this earlier on my program. Isn't it interesting that once again, the NBA steals all of the sports headlines in the middle of summer, right? I mean, think about it. You got the major league baseball all-star game next week. No one's really talking about that. They're talking about Mike Trout surgery, you know, Otani gets mentioned, but you know, the right. NBA summer league. And now everyone is waiting for Victor uh, Wembanyama to play. And when he does make his debut in Vegas, that will be, the lead story in every sports show in America. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of these guys that they've built up as this incoming phenom, a LeBron type, you know? And so it's very hard. Grant, you called the basketball or called the league for 32 years. It's very hard to live up to those expectations and to even get a reading off of a guy that's playing in summer league against guys that aren't going to be in the league. That's kind of uh it's kind of a production more than anything. Let's get some eyeballs on us. You know what? That's exactly what it does. All right. So um, Keegan Murray had 41 points, 11 of 20. He played 31 minutes. Uh, he had five rebounds. All right. If I'm going to nitpick, he played 31 minutes in the first game and only had one rebound. Right. All right. So, I mean, if I, we're going to do this, let's really do this. Okay. I'm a huge Keegan Murray fan. I think the guy's going to be tremendous. Uh, we saw a message on the chat line that he's going to be a superstar. He's not going to be a superstar, but he could be an all-star. And I think if that happens, the Kings really could be the best team in the Western Conference. So um, uh, there's nothing about Keegan Murray I don't like. Okay, I mean, I think he's tremendous on the floor and off the floor. I think the Kings got themselves a real gem. Would I like to see him rebound better? Yeah, I would. But, I mean, for a guy that's entering his second year, I love the guy. I think he's tremendous. Yeah, I think he's great, too. And you look at what he did in the offseason. He's definitely put on some weight, which he needed to do if he's going to be playing that four role. And, you know, if he's going to be in the summer league games, which, number one, Grant, 31 minutes in the California Classic, that's the first thing I take issue with. Yep. Um, but the second thing is, yes, he needs to be able to rebound and bang around a little bit more with guys that are far undersized. Uh, 13 of 15 from the line, says Cody. So that that's good. Um, you know, again, I... He he's a really good shooter. I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, I I sure hope that we've seen the last of him until October, though. You know, you would think so. Um, at this point, maybe just getting a look at him. You know, there's been a lot of talk in Sacramento, Grant, about comparisons to his jump in this offseason. Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, like. Let's get yep. this out of our mouth right now. <laughs> he is not Kawhi Leonard, but yeah, he needs to be shut down. You know, let him go. If he's going to be in Vegas, practice with the guys, camaraderie. But other than that, there's no reason to put him yep. out there. 
All right. Uh, really happy that you were with us. Uh, the Kings uh, do wrap up uh, Summer League in uh, Sacktown 95 to 83 over Miami. Uh, anything else strike you from these two games? Nothing really jumped out at me. No, nothing really jumped out for the most part. Um, you know, I would like to mention Jordan Ford. He's been a little bit of a standout for these Kings or for the Kings in these two games. Um, pretty good guard out of St. Mary's. We'll see if the Kings use him as a two-way player because they get the extra one this year, but definitely a guy to watch throughout summer league. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I think the Kings could use, excuse me, could use a little help in the backup role. Uh, again, I'm not saying Davion Mitchell can't do it. I'm just saying I, I, I think there's a better option out there. Mitchell will still be used uh, for what he does best. He's really good defender on the ball defender. We get that. You know, if he could ever improve his offense just a little bit in terms of being more consistent, maybe he'd be that guy. But, you know, maybe it doesn't work in pro sports. You need to know what you have. And so I'm I'm hopeful that that will occur. Uh, this is a big offseason for Davion Mitchell. I don't think there's any doubt about that as he starts his third season. Yeah, it's a huge offseason. He's been cornered into one type of player, right? If he's in yep. the game, it's for defense. And he's he's the only one that can turn that around. And he has to turn that around for this team. Because if he can get the offensive side down, we're good on the defense. And Grant, you know this better than anybody. Defense is much harder to teach than offense. You got that right. Uh, something else I talked about on a recent show. I said, let, let's wait until the first week of free agency is in the books. And we're almost there. And I said, then, then let's examine the rosters in the Western Conference. And if you just take Denver and put them aside for a moment, all right, let's just put them aside for a minute. Right now, and again, I'm just looking at rosters. Who's better than Sacramento? Possibly Phoenix. And I'm saying possibly because they're an aging team, and I think that attrition is going to hurt them. Possibly Golden State? Yes. But again, same thing as Phoenix. They got some players up there that are up in age, and – Injuries. We've seen it, you know, in the last year or two with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And yep. so I think an intriguing team is Memphis right now because they get Marcus Smart. They get Morant back after 25 games. They sign Desmond Bain. They get Steven Adams back from injury. Don't sleep on Memphis. And then a team that I think could be Sacramento this year, in other words, what we saw last year with the Kings was a team that 12 months ago, Ryan, nobody really thought they were going to do much, and they ended up third. Yep. I'm looking for Oklahoma City to be that team, and I really mean that. I think Oklahoma City could jump into a non-playoff team into a top eight, not playing top six, meaning they're automatically, and I really believe that. I think they've done great things with their franchise. They have a star, a bona fide star in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. If Holmgren can make the impact that people are expecting him. And again, he's still a few years away, Rhino, because of the yeah. physicality, but he's already put on, I think, 15 or 17 pounds. Don't sleep on Oklahoma City this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on any of those teams. I would throw the Lakers in there, too. Um, yep. I do think Memphis is the most interesting out of all the teams that we're talking about because Desmond Bain comes back, gets big money. He was hurt a lot of last year, too. Yes, he we was. don't talk about that that much. And you think about when they were out without Morant, they played pretty darn well at the end mm -hmm. stretch. And I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, they might miss Brooks a little bit here and there, but it definitely is going to clean up the locker room atmosphere to a degree, even though Morant's still in there. So watch for them. Also watch for Utah. Could Utah be a dark horse yes. in a Damian Lillard race? Think about how many picks they've stacked up. 
They've got a great big man out there right yep. now, and yep. they could turn some heads this year as well. Uh, you made a very good point about Memphis. The reason why they were able to play so well without Morant was Tyus Jones was outstanding when he started, and he was part of that deal. They don't have him, but now you have Marcus Smart, so yep. that remains to be seen. I agree with you about the Jazz. They have the assets that may be attractive to Portland. They've got that, so we'll see whether or not uh, they're one of the teams that are in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. If they were to get Lillard, then all of a sudden, to me, they're a team that you have to talk about as a top four team in the West. Yeah, I'm with you, Grant. I, I I wouldn't say you put them up there with the Kings, but unproven, they're darn near close on paper, um, yeah. especially with the way that you've seen them play the Kings without a possibility of the addition of Dame. So they, they would be an interesting one that I know the Kings would not want to see four times a year. All right. Again, when you look at the West, if we just – for sake of conversation, say Denver's still the best team, then could the Kings be two right now in the West? And the answer to that question is, yeah, absolutely. Now, I keep on saying this, and this is something that no one can forecast, nobody can predict. The Kings had basically no injuries last year. The chances of that happening for two years in a row are rather small. So you got to factor in that they're probably going to have an injury or two that's going to impact them for part of the season. I like their depth although I'm not crazy about their depth behind De'Aaron Fox, and I still think that's an area that they really have to work on. Yeah, it has to be addressed, and it doesn't seem to be addressed yet. Colby Jones, I know he's running a little bit of point right now. That's not going to be the answer. He's going to be a developmental player's second-round yep. pick. So we'll see what the Kings can do. They have plenty of cap space still to play with. I think they're in the neighborhood of 12 to $13 million for this yep. year, the last report I saw. So um, maybe they make that move. Maybe Davion Mitchell steps up. I don't know, but uh, they, they do need to sure that up. And I think the one player they wanted was Josh Hart. We keep hearing that name. And uh, unfortunately, that player is not there, but anything can happen. And as far as the injuries go, Grant, you know, you look at the Western Conference and you talked about attrition with Phoenix. You know, anybody can get hurt. And there's a lot of old stars in the Western Conference right mm -hmm. now. And the Kings, all under 26. Uh, Justin, the Kings did not have any injuries, okay? Um, when a player plays and averages, you know, in the mid-20s and 15 rebounds a game, that's not an injury. OK, in other words, that doesn't impact. There are many athletes that take the ice, the field, the court with injuries. OK, if it does not impact how you play and you don't miss any games because of it, the DeMonte Simonis, Sabonis missed one game, one. All right. It was the first game on the back to back at home right before the new year with Denver. That's the only game yep. he missed. OK, because of the thumb. So that's not I, I don't count that. Fox did have a legitimate injury in the playoffs, but that did not impact them in the regular season as being a third seed. That's the point I was trying to make. Again, you can't – Sabonis' thumb was a non-factor. It did not affect him in any way, shape, or form. His production did not change at all before the injury and after the injury. So that that that's not even on the board. The Kings were extremely fortunate in terms of – Players missed, player games missed due to injury. They, they, I've never quite seen anything quite, I've never seen anything like it, Ryan. I mean, I, it was ridiculously, it was ridiculous how good that stat looked. I mean, you look at like, you look at the teams around the league and you're looking at all the games missed. 
And then you yeah. look at the Kings and you're like, well, that can't, that's got to be a mistake. They had very few games missed due to injury. Yep. When the uh, Knicks came to town, the Kings starters had only missed a combined 17 games. The Knicks were the second closest team, 85 names. Yeah. Hey, hey, Justin, get off your crap, okay? Get off your nonsense, okay? You have no idea about his thumb injury compared to other injuries. Everybody's injury is different, okay? I mean, stop it with the nonsense, all right? Stop it. This is the NBA. This is pro sports. Guys play hurt, okay? Guys play hurt, all right? It did not impact him. Could have he sat out? Maybe he could have sat out, okay? Maybe he could have, okay? But his injury did not impact him in any way, shape, or form. It was a non-issue, all right? Now, it may have affected him when he went to wash his hair or, you know, took a shower after the game, okay? Maybe that maybe that affected his thumb, but it didn't affect him on the basketball court. So stop with the nonsense, all right? Stop with the nonsense, please. I mean, you guys, act, some of you act like, gee, you know, a guy played hurt. Really? Go look at the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs and go look at the Florida Panthers and go look what their players were playing with. Go just spend five minutes and Google Florida Panther injuries in the Stanley Cup finals and look at what some of their players were playing with. It's called competing, okay? It's called pro sports. And if you have an injury and you can still play, and in the case of Sabonis, it does not impact you in any way, shape, or form, then it's not really worth talking about. All right? He missed one game. One game because of his thumb. One. Stop it already, would you please? Guys that have high ankle sprains, all right? Sprained ankles. Much worse. Much, much worse than what Sabonis had with his thumb. All right? Not even close. Get off the, get, get off the nonsense, would you please? Right, well said. Well said, Napes. You know, Dave who? Dave who? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Good. You know? Well, we're, we're talking semantics here. Was he injured? Yes. Did he play? Yes. Did he miss time? No. That's it. Unbelievable. You, you know, you act like this is like, you know, uh romper room, like kindergarten. It's pro sports. All right. I mean, yeah. players from just a, a short while ago, 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago, would laugh at you if they saw your messages. I mean, stop it already. Really? Grant's rant right there. You are exactly right. We love a little rant on a Wednesday evening. Huh, Rhino? Good hey, rant, man. baby. You know? Wake me up, Napes. Yeah. No, I'm not wrong. I'm actually 100% right. I'm not wrong. I'm not 95% right. I'm not 98% right. I'm 100% right. Correct. He missed one game. His production did not drop off at all. Nothing. You would have never known that he had any injury to any part of his body based on his production. If you watched him play and somebody said he's perfectly healthy, and you didn't know any better, you would have said, yeah, he is. All right? Time to move on. All right. Well, you know, the toughness part of it, it could very well be. But again, I only go by with what I go by. He played, and his production did not drop off, and he did not miss any games. One game. All right? One game. All right. Yeah, and in fact, I think his production went up. 
after the injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I'm 110% right, not 100%. I I cut myself off 10%. (laughs) You know what, Rhino? You made a great point. He actually got better. Better. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Here's a question for you, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see. Do you think Fop takes another step forward, or do you both think that we're here? Uh, no, we have not seen Fox's ceiling at all. Um, I, I don't know that you're going to see that next dramatic step, as you saw from five to six, but you're going to see progression if everything plays out. You got more pieces around him that he's familiar with. They get to run it back. I look for him to just blow you away even more this season. How about you, Napes? I think he is going to be a perennial all-star. You got to remember, he didn't make the all-star team last year. He was added on. In other words, he wasn't on the original all-star team. Keep that in mind. I believe that that will be a thing of the past. Barring injury, I think he will be a perennial all-star. Now, here's the area that I think he still has room to grow and that's his perimeter shooting. So I'm, I'm hoping that can get a little bit better. But I'll answer the question this way. Before the finger injury in the playoffs against Golden State for, was it the first three games, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan? Yes. Okay. That level that we saw from De'Aaron Fox is, to me, his ceiling. Like, I don't think he can play better than he did in the first three games of the series against Golden State. That was superstar level, okay? Can he be incrementally better in certain areas? Of course he can. But I will just say, I think barring injury, we're going to see him on the All-Star team for many years to come. Yeah, I would think so. And if we're going to talk about if we're going to pick a little bit on this, I do want to add one other area that I think he can improve, and that's vision. In addition to shooting, there were a lot of times where Sabonis was coming off the role where Fox missed him, where other times that same the same look was there and Monk hit him every single time. So I would like to see De'Aaron work on that a little bit more. But yeah, I think you're right, Grant. All star indeed. Yeah. All right. Uh, No question about that. Well, and Cody, this is pretty much what Rhino was just talking about. He can improve the passing more. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think that is one area that I think he could grow in the stat column is assists per game. Absolutely. And that's going to go to tempo and touches. He's going to have more opportunities than most point guards in this league. So make the most out of him, which I'm sure he'll do. It's pretty amazing when you look at how the Kings played last year that they did such a good job at taking care of the basketball. We thought that would be one of the real big keys in the series against Golden State, and it really was. I mean, it it was. They still lost, but that proved to be true, whereas the Warriors were very sloppy with the ball all year. The Kings, for a team that scores as much and runs as much, that was really encouraging to see how well they took care of the basketball. Yeah, it was huge. And it's one of those things that they've absolutely got to keep up, Grant. That can't be an area of the game that they slip. That is one of the key components to this team. So, I mean, a team that can play this fast and turn the ball over that little, that that's special. All right. A lot of people, says Seadog, are saying that the other contenders in the West have gotten better while we have stayed the same. 
Uh, it's not easy to just input a bunch of new players into the rotation and have it work. I disagree with that. Okay. I think the Kings are going to be better. And I think they're going to be better, not necessarily better than the third seed in the West, because I, 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 that I don't know. But I think as a team, I think they are going to be better because I think Keegan Murray is going to be better. He's now entering his second season. He's got a year under his belt. He's seen it. He now knows what to expect. He knows about the rigors of an 82-game season. So I think he is going to be better, right? Uh, you have Sasha coming over, which should help your perimeter game. Maybe it adds more to that. I don't know. So I don't agree with the notion that the Kings basically stayed pat. When you look at their roster, particularly Murray, he should be better. And then you bring over Sasha, which again, I think he's going to be part of the eight or nine man rotation. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's even better than we think. I think he's going to be so, so, but time will tell. Yeah, and, and Grant, I think the big thing that people are missing here is the fact that these guys are all, and I know it's in this question, so familiar with each other. And that chemistry goes a very long way. And like you said, Keegan has to get better. Barnes, what kind of role is he going to play this year? Does yep. Harrison get better? Um, you know, you look at Trey Lyles. That's another one. Is he going to yes. play five at times, that small mm -hmm. five? How can he improve down there? And the way they've been making incremental jumps, I expect that. And if they don't, Mike Brown's going to put somebody else on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very good uh, message from Ian that the Kings are trying to improve by hitting singles. Well, if you hit enough singles, you know, pretty soon the runner that hit the first single scores and then the guy behind him scores and so on and so forth. So, um, I think you make a very good point. Like Phoenix is trying to hit a home run because they know their window is small. Same thing with Golden State because of Steph Curry. So I think you make a very good point. Uh, I like the way the Kings are putting their team together. I think it's very prudent, and I think it gives them a chance for a long run, Rhino, at success. It's exactly what it does, Grant. And let me ask you this. The uh, NBA champions, do they hit singles or do they hit home runs this year? The uh, Denver Nuggets were singles. Yes, they were yeah. singles. And yeah. – you kind of have to look at this model right now. And if the Kings yep. are trying to institute a version of that. And I think when Monty McNair looked at the decisions in free agency, there was not that Aaron Gordon available that yeah. took this team over the edge. Like Aaron Gordon took the nuggets over the edge. Well, and Sea dog makes a good point. Uh, the Kings do have their core locked up. And so you can't discount that. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's very, very important. All right. Hey, I want to tell you about uh, Bennett's again, uh, not too, far away from the Blue Oaks Town Center debut, Roseville, Sacramento, prime seafood and steaks. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com and check out their complete menu and everything else, the weekend prime rib. Again, awesome, Roseville, Sacramento, and soon coming to Rockland. You can get food to go as well. Bennett'sRestaurants.com and over 50 different types of wine available by the glass for your pleasure. That's Bennett's. Again, Bennett'sRestaurants.com. So happy to have everybody here on this Wednesday evening stream. Grant, Rhino in Sacktown. Hope that you are having a good week. Hope you had a great fourth. And uh, the uh, Summer League now moves on to Las Vegas. And uh, we'll see how much uh, the top draft picks of respected teams play. Seems that's dropping off more and more every year. Like even a Apollo Bancaro last year hardly played at all. And other draft picks didn't really play that much. They play a game, then they shut them down. And, yep. and I, I don't like the trend. 
Yeah, it, it Grant, it goes with the overall trend of the NBA these days with stars. Yeah. So it is what it is at this point. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we didn't mention the Pelicans. The Pelicans, to me, are a big question mark and an unknown uh, because of Zion Williamson. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to forecast the Pelicans. Do you? No idea. Uh, Zion, huge question mark. Again, another team grant that could be a dark horse for Dame. You package Brandon Ingram and some picks, you know, there there could be something there, and that could take the Pelicans potentially over the top if Zion plays. But they're, they're a hard one to figure out. They're either on it or they're terrible. Boy, I'll tell you, you are 100% correct about that. Um, man, it's, I, 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 it's a crapshoot, you know? It is a uh, crapshoot. I, I think when you look at even a team like Houston now, Houston is 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 now not a pushover. In other words, you could see them competing for a play-in spot with Van Vliet and Brooks, plus their youth that now has a year of experience under their belt, another high draft pick. You know, Houston's a team that's on the radar now. You know, Houston's a team that you almost look at on paper and say, you know, if we saw them say the Kings were the one seed, I wouldn't want to see them as an eight just because of what they're putting together. Are they done yet? But yeah, yeah. they could be exciting. You look at teams that were non-playoff teams last year in the West. Oklahoma City, to me, will be making that jump this year. The question is, could Houston, I think you the, the only team right now that I think you can just cross off your list are the Portland Trailblazers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. Portland, either way. And and again, with the rush with Dame, I don't think there's going to be a rush. So he may be around still, but it's not going to matter. I think that they're not going anywhere this year. And look at this. We haven't talked about Minnesota. They, they have a lot of talent on that team. I mean, they really do. When you look at Edwards and you look at Cat and you look at, obviously, you know, Reed and you looked at what Gobert. I mean, you know, they, they have talent on their team. Right. They have a lot of talent, but when all that talent's been together, it's not worked. Right. And I, I guess we can't say there's a huge sample size of everybody being healthy. But um, along with that talent comes a high, high payroll. You now have three max players. And I have a feeling Minnesota is not done yet, Grant. I could see them making a move, whether that be Towns or something else. Yeah, I should have included the Spurs. They're not ready either. Uh, that's a good point. I know they have you know, Wembanyama, but I think it would be unrealistic to think that he's going to move this team into the postseason. So I would agree with you. I would include the Spurs and the Blazers. Good job there with uh, that. I mean, I could see the Spurs being lucky to win 20 games this year. I, I don't think they're there yet. But if 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 Victor Wembanyama is as good as everyone says, in other words, if, they, if he's that guy, it won't take long before they're a very relevant team in the West. No, it won't. And you got Pop still behind the helm. So yeah. that, don't count that guy out ever. Yeah. Um, but it could be quick for them. Who knows? You know, as far as Houston, I guess we'll, we'll find out, right? Dylan Brooks is a weird dude. Tough to figure out. Yeah. Maybe a change of scenery is good for him. And now you have a new backcourt of Van Vliet. I know one thing. It's a much better backcourt than they had last year. That much we can agree on. So yeah, they, and I, they got some talent there. Yeah, and I disagree with that comment. Uh, it, they're not selling their soul. You're talking about one player. I wouldn't say that about Fred Van Vliet. He's been a stand-up professional in Toronto, yeah. great veteran. So, you know, let's not count him out yet, but don't discount the team as a whole.
Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, Keep your questions coming along as we talk about a little basketball here in the first week of July, the uh, California Classic and the books now to Vegas. And then before you know it, uh, training camps will be opening up at the end of September and you get the schedule coming out here. The schedule normally comes out first week or so of August, and then you can uh, try to go through what you think are difficult stretches. But we all thought that the stretch out of the All-Star break for Sacramento was going to be really, really difficult, and they took off, and they got, let's face it, they also got very fortunate with all the injuries for the opposition. But the bottom line is what looked to be like murderer's row ended up being not too difficult. Yeah, and it, it built up that confidence for the yeah. Kings, too, coming right out of the gate. So uh, let's talk about this schedule release. How many national TV games do you think the Kings are getting this year? I think they will be on 12 times. I think that's fair. I think they're double digits for sure, which is going to be a huge change for Sacramento. Yeah, so I think I think 12 times. Speaking of national TV your thoughts on Jeff Van Gundy. I did a rant on or did a podcast on this yesterday, and I actually played a clip from uh, Christopher Mandog Russo from Sirius XM, and he thinks Adam Silver was behind this. The dog went on his radio show and said there's no way ESPN would have fired Van Gundy. He's too good. He is too well-respected and too well-liked by so many and that he feels that this came from the league office because Van Gundy is criticizing the officials and other aspects of the NBA so often on the air. Very interesting. So I did not catch the entire Van Gundy thing, and I'm not going to blame it on the smack off or Matt in LA if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, so, so what was in a nutshell the Van Gundy situation? Well, the, the in a nutshell, ESPN uh, laid him off uh, along okay. with basically 20 other employees, including. Steve Young, Jalen Rose, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Susie Colbert, Max Kellerman, you know, a whole bunch of people. And Chris, uh, out of all the people that got fired, I'm with Chris. I I thought Van Gundy was the most puzzling to me. Number one analyst, number one broadcast team with Breen and Jackson. People love him. And yet he got fired. And Chris thinks that there's no way that was done internally by a decision from someone at ESPN. He thinks the league intervened, and he thinks that with the TV contracts currently being negotiated, Silver said, you need to get him off. All right, we're moving forward. You're going to be a partner of ours. He's too critical, and we we don't want him on. And I, I think Chris could be spot on there. I really do. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past the NBA. I mean, it, it's a shame Van Gundy found a way to make Mark Jackson interesting, even their mm -hmm. banter back and forth sometimes. But, um, you know, ESPN has to pay for Pat McAfee somehow. And so you knew the yeah. layoffs were coming. But, but, uh, but you have to understand, here's the difference between Pat McAfee and let's say Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And I talked about this on my podcast. Pat McAfee is a guy that moves the needle for this reason. People tune in to either listen or watch Pat McAfee because of Pat McAfee. People don't turn on Monday Night Football because of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They turn on Monday Night Football to watch the game, okay? You don't turn on Pat McAfee if you're not a fan of his and you don't like his content. You're a huge fan of Rome. You're a clone. Why do you, why do you follow Rome? Because you like him. He moves yep. the needle. But if someone out there doesn't like Rome, they never turn him on because they don't care for him. That's the difference between announcers and talk show hosts. In other words, Pat McAfee 
Just like when I did a show in Sacramento for all those years, you're not listening to me if you don't care for my content and don't like me as a host or you don't like what I have to say. You're not going to ever tune me on. All right. You're not going to turn it on. So there's the difference. McAfee will probably make money for the network. All right. He'll probably bring in revenue, which will help others. I don't think that's the case with Buck and Aikman. They pay, they're paying those two in the neighborhood of $35 million a year, Ryan, to yep. do 18 or 19 football games. That's absurd. Uh, it's a better living than playing in the league if you're Tom Brady at this point. <laughs> and uh, yeah. likely close to the money Aikman earned as a player per year. Um, but yeah, that, that is a difference. And I also, Grant, I would propose this. Media is changing in that it's not you go to Channel 10 to watch the NBA Finals anymore. You go to the ESPN app or whatever, and there's five or six different broadcasts of the or of the game, and you get to choose whichever special broadcast you want. And most of them are really stupid. But I remember the days Hubie Brown calling games. Like you actually listened to those guys. You looked forward to it. They had camaraderie. You and Jerry. You know there is something to that bond. So yep. if you have a special duo like that, Madden Summerall, it's worth the money. Aikman Buck, eh, it kind of seems like it's trying to please the older fans, but I see your connection with Van Gundy and the officiating though. That that's yep. absurd. Yeah, Todd McShay also uh is out at ESPN, and I guess there are uh more to come. So I, I said this the day after they finalized Aikman after Buck. I said there are people right now that are working at ESPN that are gonna lose their jobs over this. Now, that's not the only reason why all those people were laid off, but it's part of the reason, and it's a big reason. Let's just say, hypothetically, that you paid them 500000 a game instead of a million a game, okay? Or you paid a top-flight announcer that amount of money, which you could get big-time top-flight announcers for that kind of coin. That leaves you in the neighborhood, and I'm doing ballpark figures here, okay? Yeah. 17 or 18 million dollars that you can just spend on most of the people that you just fired and they could still have jobs. So when you pay a absurd, ridiculous amount of money when you don't have to and make no mistake about it, ESPN did not have to pay their announcers a million dollars a game. OK. Football fans are going to watch Monday Night Football, regardless of whether you and I are doing the game, Rhino or Buck and Aikman. That's the reality. Exactly. People are going to watch. And here's the other deal. ESPN also, as you just said, they have alternative programming. For more yep. than half the games, you can go listen to Peyton and Eli, which yep. I, by the way, do. Now, it still registers as ESPN rating points because it's on ESPN programming. But me personally, uh, I, I, I didn't do it this past year. But in the first year, I did not care for the announced team of Steve Levy, and Booger McFarlane and um, uh, Riddick Bowe, okay? I didn't really care for them. Didn't hate them, but I very often would watch Peyton and Eli. Now, I'm also partial because I'm a big New York Giants fan and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But no matter who was announcing a game, and on games that Peyton and Eli did not have a show, which was you know, several times during the season, I still watched the game. I wasn't going to turn the game off because of Levy, you know, Bo and McFarlane. I still watch the game. So I just think ESPN was extremely careless with Buck and Aikman. And I, th I think it's cost people their jobs.
Yeah, and um, it will continue to cost people their jobs, Grant, <laughs> for the extent of that contract, likely. And I don't know what the new age looks like in terms of these deals going forward, but I venture to say you're probably not going to see a lot of big-name announcers getting that kind of money anymore to call games unless you're a Tom Brady who's never called a game before. Yep. And he's getting paid, what, $20 million a year? So It's unbelievable. It's I mean, crazy. it really is unbelievable. All right, again, we... Re- Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Really appreciate uh, the messages. Also want to tell you about uh, New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years. New Works has a fix for you. Call the number on your screen or go to SAC serviceplumbing.com and remember if you have an emergency in the middle of the night no problem new works will be there with their 24 7 service go to sacserviceplumbing.com new works plumbing they've got a fix for you well been a good week i think for the kings i know a lot of people thinking they didn't do much and this and that i disagree i thought they had a really i I think it started on draft day i think it was extremely smart to trade the 24th pick and of course, a player that didn't want to be in Sacramento, who had pretty yep. much checked out, let's just yep. call it the way it is, and Rashawn Holmes, and got that salary cap flexibility. Now, had Portland not taken Chris Murray, I firmly believe Sacramento would have taken Chris Murray. I believe that that would have happened, and maybe we're not having these conversations. But everything happens for a reason. I think they made a very wise decision with Dallas, and now look at all the things they've been able to do as a result of that. So I I think it's great. I really do. I think it's great. Yeah, it's again, it's hard to knock them. And it's great, too, because they're betting on their own guys. They're betting Keegan's going to make that jump. But it's hard to knock them, just like C-Dog said. I think I said it to open the show, too, that you have a window. If this team plays the way that they played offensively last year, and who knows, if they can play defense for even half the season they played in the first half of the Warriors series, This could be a very, very special team, and you have that for two to three years with players that should be improving, whether it's Sasha, Keegan, et cetera. So sky's the limit. You think the Kings right now, and again, there will still be some trades and there are going to be some moves. We don't know where Dame's going if at all. Do you think it would be outlandish to say the Kings could be the second-best team in the West right now? No, not at all. Um, if they if they walk into opening day tomorrow as is, um, I think that it's very likely they could be the second best team. You you just look at how this team has grown again and how they continue to get closer. You add Sasha into the mix, which you think is going to be so so, but I don't think the other teams around them have done enough to get better. What team has done enough to push the Kings as is out of that spot? Uh, Pete Delisandro is not the GM of Orlando. He's an executive vice president of basketball operations. Uh, my, my thoughts on that is the Orlando Magic have a vice president of basketball operations that is incompetent. That's what they just did. They just hired a person that's incompetent to be in that position. Anthony Parker, by the way, is the uh, general manager of the Orlando Magic. I don't know why anyone would have Pete Delisandro involved with their basketball operation, but teach their own. Teach, teach their, their own. own. Yep, absolutely. 
All right. Uh, any other questions? Uh, we are happy to answer them right here on this uh, Wednesday evening edition of our open forum Q&A, talking a lot of basketball. And boy, got the All-Star game coming up next week. Do you, do you care about the Major League All-Star game? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I do. I, I it's draw it's pulled me in a little bit more. It's been more competitive. Home run derby was a little bit better last year. So um yeah, you can punch my ticket is watching. All right, so you'll watch it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. How about you? Uh no, I won't watch it. Not unless I'm at home and that nothing else is on. <laughs> nothing else is on. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of baseball, you're the Los Angeles Angels. What are yep. you doing with Otani right now? Well, um, if I trade him, why would anybody go to my games? Uh, Mike Trout would be the counter argument. Again, if I trade Otani, why would anyone buy tickets to go to my games? I mean, I understand what you're saying. So do I think Otani is going to be on the Angels next year was really the question you're asking me, correct? Yes. And I will say yes. What what, what do you say? I don't know. I, I To the ticket argument, it's not like the Angels are selling out every single night. And as far as Otani goes, they're not winning with him. So what do you do? You still have Mike Trout, who has plenty left in his career. Yeah, they don't I win guess with Mike Trout either. No, no, they don't win. Right. Yeah, they don't win with Mike Trout either. But my point being is you just can't let Atani walk. You, you got to get something no. for him. But then if you're on the back end and you're the other team, you better be damn sure he's going to sign with you after he's traded. Yeah. Well, I... Listen, I think it would be... It sounds crazy to talk about a team in the number two market... I think it would be great for baseball if Otani went to a team that was more high profile. I think it would be really a boom for the sport. I mean, think about Otani plays for a non-playoff team and yet and 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 he plays with Mike Trout. Do you know that nobody really talks about Mike Trout anymore? All the talk yeah. in baseball is about Otani. Yeah. Now, Trout just had surgery. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. But the point I'm trying to make is most observers agree that Mike Trout is on a mountaintop of Major League Baseball, correct? Yes, they do. He rarely gets mentioned. It's always Otani. Well, and to be fair to Mike Trout, Otani is a player that we've never seen before. That, correct. That does it both ways, you know, which has spurred all the conversation about should he be paid as a pitcher and a hitter and a fielder. Um, but he's I, I think Ruth. It, he's Babe Ruth. He, he is. And some are saying he's one of those athletes, kind of like a Connor McDavid, even though he's getting a decent amount of run, he's not getting enough run for how special he truly is. Well, Connor McDavid is a interesting comparison. And the reason for that is he plays in Edmonton where the American hockey fan is not thinking of watching the Edmonton Oilers, even though they have a true superstar. We saw it with Wayne Gretzky. They won four cups at Edmonton and he went to LA to the Kings and they set the world on fire. Yep. Otani plays. Think about this in Los Angeles. Anaheim's the Los Angeles market. That's the number two TV market in the country. Now I'm well aware that they have the big bad Dodgers that are there and 
they you know they're getting 45, 50,000 every year. I get that. Yeah. But the number two market in the country, and yet the Angels are almost like a, eh, right? It's kind of felt that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, even to a degree with the way the Angels have presented Otani. I mean, uh, you don't see a lot of ads with him, you know, nationally and stuff. And that's a lot with the Angels pushing him out there, doing more with him. But um, I think there's other big markets out there. Obviously, your Yankees, he would thrive there. Does he want to be on the East Coast? Who knows? But even a San Francisco, someplace like that, um, that's willing to shell out the money, does a San Francisco take Otani's fame over the cliff, much like Gretzky to L.A.? Otani in San Francisco would be gigantic. Otani in Seattle would be gigantic because of the huge uh, Asian population in those two cities. I yep. mean, New York would be another one. But, I mean, the Japanese – I mean, I, I, you've traveled, obviously, to Seattle before. You're a big Seahawks fan. But, mm -hmm. I mean, they have a, a, a large Japanese population there, right? I mean, yes. he would be – I mean, you saw what happened when Ichiro played there, right? I mean, oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it would be unbelievable. You know, it would oh, yeah. be unbelievable. It, it, you would almost argue to this point, granted, Ochi or Ichiro get more run than Otani's got. Ichiro probably did. Probably. But that's it, I, it's a very good point. Pro probably, probably did, you know. But I also think the game was a much, much more popular game yes. with many more fans when he played than. Right now it is with Otani playing in Anaheim. That's yeah. my take. No, that's that's a great point as well. Uh, baseball making changes to the rules to get more eyeballs on it. Making I mean, Ichiro more played in an era where baseball was the ratings, the attendance. Ichiro played in an era where a lot different than it is now. You know? Yeah, and you remember the, I mean, I'm sure you do, the fandom of Ichiro. It, it was oh. anywhere you went, and maybe it's Absolutely. just... So maybe it's not the Angels to blame. Is it baseball as a whole to blame for the game and the eyeballs actually on baseball that Otani is not that big of a star? It may be, but I think baseball's really tried hard to change that with their new rules, and uh, we'll, we'll see. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but it's an interesting debate about what is going to happen to Otani. But they do have two of the arguably the best players in all of baseball or two of the best. Maybe not one, two, but you, they're in the conversation and they still can't do anything, you know? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's a good, bad spot to be in. Let's put it that way. Uh, thoughts on the uh, flop being technicals. I think it's good. The question is, you know, how difficult will it be for the officials to make the call? But I, I think it's really good. I think it's a real I, positive. Uh, I'm a big I fan of that. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I don't like that it can be called at the next dead ball. That mm -hmm. That's the one thing that's kind of unsettling because it is a free throw and it's ball out of bounds. So how does that affect an end of the game situation, end of quarter situation? Someone says that Curry's going to get called for a flop on every every possession. Oh my gosh. And every three, uh, we'll see players will adjust. They have to adjust. I mean, players always adjust to the rules, whether they like them or not, they adjust to the rules. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll adjust. That's the way Grant, it is. It always what happens. Was, what was the adjustment like for you in terms of watching, calling the games when they reintroduced the flopping rules after, you know, Vlade and Shaq and such? Um, not that much. 
not that much. I didn't think they really, uh, I didn't, it wasn't that big of a difference to me from announcing the game. So there wasn't really that much of an adjustment. I didn't think it was like a night and day type of a thing. So it, I mean, I noticed it a little bit, but not too much. It really wasn't that big of a deal. It really wasn't. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, my friend? No, uh, excited to, well, I, I would just say excited to see if this is what the Kings do and what they stay with. And if it is, I, as a Kings fan, I'm very happy with yep. it because we are not locked into anything that we yep. wouldn't have already wanted to be locked into. You got Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan for three more years. So I, I think the I'm Kings are you. in a great spot. I think they're in a great spot too. I think they are set up for a nice run. Uh, is it championship? You know, they they got they have possibilities because they have two all stars and maybe a third on the horizon in Murray, and that's pretty damn good. All right, I mean, you have a elite player running your offense in De'Aaron Fox, but like with everything, you're one injury away from being just another team. And I hate to say that, but if you lose Fox, you're just another team. There's nobody that can do what he does. All right. And I'm not saying that you could replace a bonus, but you clearly cannot replace Fox. If he goes down for any period of time, the Kings are screwed. Well, we saw that in the second half of uh, game five, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the Kings and the Warriors. Um, yep. you know, when you say championship material, the thing that I think about with championship material, and it very may well be something that we have on the team right now. Um, it, it's somebody that when you get into the conference finals, the NBA finals that can guard that superstar, you mm -hmm. know, you can turn to him and could that be Keegan Murray possibly? Maybe we don't know, but there's yep. not that guy that can guard that perimeter guy that can play inside as well. And so we'll see what they do or if somebody steps up. Yeah. Going to be a, uh, going to be interesting. The Kings are uh, in a position where they can be good uh, for many years to come. Appreciate you joining me, buddy. Uh, enjoy yeah. the rest of your evening. Thank you, Grant. Great being here as always. And thank you to everyone for joining us right here on, if you don't like that, and we'll be doing a lot of content. So make sure you subscribe if you have not already done so. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be notified of when we do shows. Thank you very much. Also, if you uh, can hit the thumbs up button, we would appreciate that, the like button. Take care, everyone.